Hoodoo Plant Mamas. Get your soul fed and your spirit red. This here and the trend. I possess the power from way back when. Backward book was stripped from all of their kin. So they had to find the magic within. Ancestors and gather my herbs. I conjure at my altar. Hoodoo Plant Mamas. Manifest growth and I release trauma. Child, we just out here trying to water our plants and mind our business, you know? Everybody ain't from the deep south, man. Everybody can't have culture like us. Hey y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Hoodie Plant Mamas. I am one of your hosts, Lynn Nicole. And I'm Danny B. And before we get started today, Danny B, how are you doing? I am doing okay you know i am happy for the longer days and we weirdly got snow apparently a bunch of places in the south got snow um but next week it's gonna be warm again i'm hoping i set my umbrella plant outside because i thought the weather was gonna be fine she's not looking good and I'm just like well there's no point in me bringing her back inside let me just see what's gonna happen but that hurt because I've had her for about I want to say two or three years and I I from a clipping and she was like a tree like she's a little tree now but it's not looking good my my little propagated bonsai that I set outside looks like it'll recover and this other plant that I don't know what it's called, it was out there through the whole winter and it's fine. So <laughs> I'm a little bummed about that. But other than that, I am making it, doing the best I can, happy about this sun. What about you? Well, I'm a little sad about that plant. I did hear, I think it was like northern Mississippi got snow and we've gotten a cold front. It's like 50 degrees right now, which is so nice because it's been like 85. <laughs> But I, I've been doing good. Recently, I got married. So I have a husband yes. now. <laughs> that has been actually not that big of an adjustment. It's been an adjustment to stop calling him my roommate and to call him my husband. But <laughs> <laughs> that is always so funny to me. Um, but congratulations. Thank you. On love. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let's get into gratitude. Danny B, what are you grateful for? Pretty much what I said during the check-in. I'm thankful for the sun. Like, it's been so healing for me for, like, seriously. Even, you know, when I hit those lows, I wake up and I'm like, yes, sun. Um, And I'm thankful for my, like, for the work that I'm putting into being better to myself. Like, I want to say Thursday, one day last week, it was honestly two back-to-back days of me just feeling terrible. It was like, I start the day okay, and then brick wall, just ramming into it. And the next day, after those two days of being in the slump, I got up, I dressed really nice. I was very self-conscious mind you but I was like we just gonna do it and you're not gonna do no dumb shit like put on a big ass sweater over this dress or tie a sweater around your waist to hide your little fupa like you just gonna go out here raw in this dress and I did and I'm just thankful (laughs) for progress 
Yay. <laughs> I am grateful for rest and I'm also grateful for ease. So Thursday, like you, I actually went to go get a massage by a Reiki practitioner. And I think she may have been doing some Reiki on me <laughs> during it, uh, which for those who don't know, Reiki is kind of like an energy cleansing thing. But right after it, I was exhausted. I was exhausted the whole next day. And I was Googling like, why is someone exhausted after Reiki? And it was like, your body's tired and it needs to rest. <laughs> but that's what I did. I just laid down. I didn't do, I haven't done much the past few days. And it has been so nice. I feel amazing. <laughs> so I'm grateful for that. We love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> so today, something we wanted to talk about is unnecessary suffering. For me, it has come up in personal divination. And for my March newsletter, I actually wrote about it. So I'll share kind of how it came up in my life. And then we can go into some root causes of like why we may think that we need to suffer. So I remember being in college and I was preparing for the real world. I took my career development class and I was working on my resume and my interview skills. And I remember joking with the instructor because she was like, if you had to do anything in your life, what would you want to do? And I was like, honestly, I wish I had someone to sponsor me so I could write and I don't have to worry about bills and stuff. And so fast forward to today, and now I have a husband who told me that he would be willing to financially and emotionally support me in whatever creative venture I have, whether it's writing or podcasting. And I was like, oh no, you don't have to do that. I'll, I'll do X, Y, Z. I'll do one, two, three. And I was putting myself through so much stuff that I didn't have to do because I was like, oh, I have to prove to him that I am worthy enough to accept this thing that he's already offering me and not asking me for anything in return but I was still like I have to put myself through so many things and some of those things were causing me suffering but I was like I have to do this to show him that I am worthy of not having to work and I saw this TikTok where this uh, woman was talking about something her mother told her which is consider yourself worth the expense Anytime someone wants to help you, anytime someone wants to be kind to you or do something nice, consider yourself worth that expense and to accept it. And so I was thinking about me in these times where I'll put myself through suffering that no one asked for. No one asked for it, no one called for it, but I did it because I was like, oh, I'm not good enough to accept this thing. I have to prove that I'm good enough, one. And then I also think that kind of like if I'm forged in the fire of struggle, that I'll end up a better person person on the other side and so like I know like the feeling of not enough is not innate to us it's implanted and so that was what I wanted to talk about today like why do we feel the need to just put ourselves through suffering when life is already hard like we don't need to be in suffering that we don't need to be in first of all consider yourself worth the expense a man and ashe okay I'm literally saying that to myself <laughs> in the mirror I really wanted to return to what you said about how essentially suffering makes you a better person. So when we were first talking about this, I immediately thought of religion, religious propaganda around suffering. And there were three Bible verses, one of which is very similar to what you said that I wanted to talk about. The first is, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. You are delivered. That is, I added the you are delivered part, but 
<laughs> the first, that is first Peter chapter four, verse one. That is the King James, new King James version. I thought that one was a little saucier, but the other two are English standard version. Um, the second one is, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Kind of what, like what you said. First Peter, again, Peter had a lot to say about this chapter five, verse 10. And then more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. Amen. Roman chapter five, verse three through four. The church did a number on my people. Okay. Because that pretty much sums up everything I learned about suffering. Like my preacher used to say, all God's children suffer and you are suffering in the name of like what Christ did for you. Christ suffered so you may be free from sin. And and honestly, no shade to Jesus because you probably the best person in the Bible. The only, like one of the best. That's not my problem. God specifically sent you here for that mission. And I shouldn't have to repay you by also being miserable. I, that that feels like the opposite of what's supposed to be happening. Do you remember any of that growing up in church? Because that immediately came to mind when we started talking about this. Yes, I remember suffering kind of being used two ways, kind of like suffering builds character, but then also suffering is a punishment. So I kind of got these mixed messages where they were like, oh, you know, if someone being racist to you at work, you just got to endure it. Like that's your cross to bear. You got to endure that. Or if you're having trouble paying your bills, then it's your fault because you weren't tithing. And so you're just going to suffer all the way around financially. (laughs) It was just like suffering was everywhere and you were meant to suffer. As I was looking for these scriptures, I was like, I know I'm not making this up. And I actually Googled it. Another story that really had me shook in church was Job. Job literally didn't do anything. Like he was actually like a really, (laughs) he was a good person. He did everything right. He was benevolent. And he was also very wealthy. And God basically allowed the devil to come and test Job's faith. Job lost everything, house, possessions, children, um, his health. The point of it was that the devil was going to push him so far to make him curse God. And he didn't, right? He didn't. He proved that he was loyal to God. And let me tell you something, that is actually fucked up. And I, as a kid, I was just sitting there like, this don't make sense. Like, this is not mathing for me. And I'm not, I can't even say anything because y'all going to tell me to shut up or some other way, a nice way to tell me to shut up. And I have a lot to say about how this is used against queer folks about like how us being queer is like a test of faith of of like, are you going to give in to that homosexual demon, Kim Burrell? That's for another day. But I really feel like this whole like suffering is a test of faith. And on one hand, you're suffering because of something you're not doing right. On one hand, if you're doing everything right, 
this is just a test to make sure you're going to stay loyal to God. Like, I really feel like it's low-key a type of grooming. And I agree that I think it's part of grooming. I remember, like, the pastor telling people who, who did not have much to start with. And it was like, you need to give more over to God. And it, like I said, like, with finances, people who couldn't even make their light bill was like, well, if you're not tithing, maybe that's why you can't make your light bill. I'm like, girl, I don't think... I don't think that's the reason. Or people who work six days a week and they only had Sunday off. And then it was like, well, if you're not coming to church and you're not volunteering your time or donating extra stuff, then you're a bad person. And it was like, people need time to rest. Like if you're working six days a week, you need time to rest. But it was still like this guilt trip that if you're not putting more um, or giving more to the Lord or to church, then something was wrong with you. And same thing with mental health. Like I knew this girl who had depression and people called it a demon and that you had to pray it away instead of her going to therapy or um, getting some kind of medication. It was just like people were already suffering in so many ways. And instead of the church trying to help alleviate it, we were just encouraged to take it on or to even take on more suffering. That mental health thing. The also like the weird thing about the whole like not resting is that the Sabbath was is literally supposed to be a day of rest. Like God rested on the seventh day. But you know what? They gonna spin it. (laughs) They gonna spin the however it benefits them. Another thing that you mentioned that's wrapped up in all of this is like capitalism. It's always capitalism, literally everything and and uh, racism that when you mentioned that it really reminded me of like all of these models and that kind of stuff when it comes to work. And one that came to mind was like, if you work now, you'll play later. And if you play now, you'll work later. I disagree. And also the nap ministry would say otherwise. First of all, abolish work but also like I want to play now and later you know because we have to work to survive I'll get the work done in between that time but telling people that we're supposed to struggle like to get to where we want like you got to be in the trenches yeah some of us do but that's not a good thing that's because of fucking capitalism and the economic gap I, I just really hate that propaganda to like normalize suffering to to normalize like overworking which again wrap all wrapped up in capitalism yeah and I've even seen that in the pandemic like the whole oh you even though we're in a pandemic you can still go to work and be around these people but you can't be around your family and friends otherwise you're a bad selfish person and it's like I don't I the COVID can get me at work too (laughs) COVID can get me at work but at least my family and friends help alleviate some of the stress from dealing with this pandemic so I talked about this earlier this year on Patreon but I really love Company of One by Paul Jarvis Um, and it's the first book that I saw where or that I've read that someone was saying that grinding and suffering is counterintuitive to success because his example is like, when you grind something down, you grind it down to nothing. So how do you think you're going to be something if you're grinding like all of your worth and value away? That's also that no sleep mentality too. Like I don't sleep, I hustle. Okay. I know, you need sleep. Like sleep helps restore your body. It helps restore your brain. Like it does so much healing work for you. It's necessary, but 
we've just believed that if we give more, 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 we're going to get more. And it's like, I know so many people who have worked two and three jobs and are still poor. So like how are them like picking up another side gig going to help them be rich? It's not. That's, that's all a part of like hustle culture. And then one of the other things is like the role of privilege, which I think I kind of touched on. So you probably already seen it as we all have what Kim Kardashian had to say to women on international women's day, instead of something like, instead of something fake inspiring or like surface level, you can do it. Like believe in yourself. That's what you should. Where's y'all's publicist? She told us to get off your fucking ass and work because you, you stupid, lazy whores. (laughs) don't want to work <laughs> that's what she said I just filled in the silent part and it was such a like arrogant and out of touch thing to say and there were actually people black women which I hope your ancestors have divested defending her like I hope that you're I hope if you listen to this I don't think anybody that would defend a Kardashian is listening to this but if you are I hope that your ancestors have divested from you because embarrassing i just couldn't believe she said that because not only is it international women's day and this is supposed to be something empowering but it's also like black women are still not getting paid properly in the workplace or being treated well and on top of that trans women are not even able to like if they're not being pushed out of work they are having to navigate hostility on the job they're having to navigate weird shit like what bathroom to use or leaving their workplace just to use the restroom like all kind of wild shit that's happening to women marginalized women whether they're trans black poor mothers and that's what you have to say that really upset me I think you made a really good point in your notes um, about how how much help they have to be successful. And this came up a few months ago with Khloe Kardashian, who was just like, people make excuses about why they're fat, unlike me who worked hard to be skinny and you just need to get off your ass and work and you can be skinny. And it's like, girl, one, we know you got plastic surgery. And then two, it's also like, People don't have nannies like y'all have nannies to take care of your kids. Kim Kardashian had surrogates, so she didn't have to have downtime to have her babies. She paid other women to do that. They also have assistants who do a lot of work for them. Like, and they have trainers. Like they have all of these things. They have they have chefs who can make their meals. Like they have all of these people doing labor for them in order for them to then make money. And then I heard that. Apparently, Kim Kardashian is not paying her workers. So not only do they have people working for them, they're not paying the people. <laughs> and they're who are vultures. Yeah. They're, they're vultures culturally, but they're also vultures in business. Like they've stole from so many unknown black designers with no repercussions because, you know, there's a lot of legal shit that goes into protecting your, um, your craft and, that's one of the dangerous things about social media. So yeah, another point that I made, and this isn't, so a lot of people are, ta- you know, saying like, not not the same bitch that got famous off a of sex tape. I don't even mean this in a slut shaming way. Like get your money, okay? Get your money. 
But the double standard when it comes to white women in this shit is so blatant. Kim Kardashian really did benefit from that sex tape. Among other things like her daddy being famous, this famous lawyer or whatever. Let's let's look at like Mimi, right? From Love and Hip Hop. We all know that shit was set up. Like, I don't believe it was leaked. This was a setup. This was a stunt. They call her an unfit mother, every name in the book. She should be ashamed of herself, this, that, and the other. Now, granted, at the time, Kim did not have kids, but even if Mimi didn't have kids, she would have gotten dragged. She would not have been able to profit in the way that Kim has. That's a whole nother thing. Something else I wanted to talk about in terms of capitalism and struggle is that mentality that, you know, just because someone else suffered through something that you have to suffer through it too. And I think that that's like the epitome of unnecessary struggle. I remember uh, when I was younger, I came across this idea that there are two kinds of people, those who are like, I suffered, so you have to suffer too. And then those that are like, I know what suffering is and I don't want that for any of us. And I just never understood the people who are in that first camp. And it's like, if you know what suffering is, why do you want it so bad for other people? And I I think it's just bitterness, but yeah, I, I do think that that is like the epitome of unnecessary suffering because someone doesn't have to struggle just because you did. I agree. Um, I think I had used the example in my notes earlier about student loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. They should be embarrassed. Like how livid people were. Like I had to pay my student loans, so you should have to too. And it's just like, who hurt you? Seriously. <laughs> I mean, probably the same people that's hurt us all. But why are you taking it out on us? You know what I mean? When we should all be striving for, striving for like, figuring out ways to like reject suffering that we can avoid and not like, Mm -hmm. not like internalizing that, like, this is normal. This is what I deserve until I get to the place I want to be. And I think that we see that suffering also in relationships. I know we've talked a few times on this podcast about struggle love and how prevalent it is. Um, And mainly struggle love is about hetero women who need to suffer through a man's worst in order to be rewarded with a ring. Um, and even in my own relationship, I've had like men who needed to mind their business, but they had to pop in and they told my roommate that he was treating me too good and that it would spoil me. Your husband. My husband. <laughs> At the time. <laughs> he was my roommate. <laughs> but but they would say these things like unsolicited And it was like, I think the thing that hurt me the most was mainly men of color who told either him or me. There was this one white man who did it, but I cussed him out. But the thing that hurt was like, it was, it was mainly men of color. And it was just like saying to me specifically, like as a black woman, I don't deserve ease in relationships. I deserve to struggle. I don't deserve to be spoiled. I don't deserve any of these things. And it was very hurtful for me and I think for me it caused me to kind of be insecure in my own relationship because I'm like this seems too easy like it's a trick (laughs) one day the other shoe is gonna drop but no it's like being in a relationship is supposed to be easy 
Listen, men love to talk about how, you know, keep your keep women out, keep your women friends out of your business. They're haters, they're this. Single men or men that are just terrible partners are literally the biggest haters. Yes, when they it comes when it comes to seeing their homeboys in relationships that they wish they had, you know, or with women that they could never get. Or if they just see something that looks healthy, it's like, nah, fam, you got like you gotta make her miss you. But that like I have been a I have been among men talking and so many of them need therapy. Like they actually need to be alone. They tell women we need no, y'all need to spend a significant time alone and to work through that. Unpack it. To build on what you said, I agree. I think that love should be easy and it's something I honestly still struggle with because my brain keeps trying to tell me that whole like nothing worth having is easy. Like it's not going to be easy. And I have really internalized the propaganda. And I think one of the things that I'm striving for is like allowing myself to be open to like healthy versions of love and even companionship um, and affirming that it should all come easy, that it should all be easy. And it doesn't mean that I'm like looking for something perfect or even that it's going to last forever. But like, I don't want chaos. I don't want the toxic shit. I don't want it feel exhausted. And I don't want to chase you. I don't want to perform. Like, I want it to feel, I want it to be smooth like fucking butter. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I totally agree. And yeah, keep your men friends out your business. Them the ones. Them the blockers. <laughs> Oh my God. Those are especially the one, like no one ever tells men, maybe they're not in relationships because they're not working on themselves when they are the main ones who need to be working on themselves. It's honestly wild out here. Like the dating landscape, we could have a whole nother episode about the dating (laughs) landscape and we will because it's honestly the ghetto on all sides of the spectrum. Sadly, it ain't just a straight man, but we ain't gonna, I'm not gonna get on y'all. The other ones today. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's take a break and we'll be back to talk more. Hey y'all, so we are so excited to share some news with you. Earlier this year, we were invited to the News and Caster Creator Network and we accepted. So we still get to create the same great content, but our podcast will be monetized. So you will be hearing from different sponsors every week. Um, There may also be a few kinks that we need to iron out in the next few weeks, especially with the episodes uploading when they're supposed to. Um, So we just ask for your continued patience with us moving forward. As always, you can support the show by following us on Instagram at Hoodoo Plant Mamas and Twitter at Hoodoo Plants. You can monetarily support our show by joining our Patreon or by giving any amount you want on Cash App at dollar sign Hoodoo Plant Mamas or PayPal Hoodoo Plant Mamas at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening and supporting us. Let's get back to the show. So I came across a thread, well, someone I follow shared it, um, this beautiful thread about how delusional confidence can lead to real confidence. So the thread was actually about being obnoxiously confident, not delusional, but 
it feels delusional, right? Um, and the person is someone named Suzanne at B4DUIZM. So it's like but Baduism, but the A is a four. Um, so shout out to Suzanne. This thread was amazing. I just wanted to credit them because they put a lot of work into this thread. So the gist of it is that you have to shower yourself and view yourself in like the most grandiose way. So you're giving yourself all these affirmations that you may not yet believe, not any surface level stuff. I like to think of it as like literally walking in a room being like, I'm the finest bitch in here. Nobody's on my level. Like my shoes eating all you hoes up, like just extra in your mind, telling yourself this. And honestly, I've been doing it. Not probably not to that level, but I will. I will. I'm getting there. But it's really fun. It's kind of fun. I say make it fun in your head. Here are like some of the main points from the thread because it was kind of long. Take people's words and actions at face value. If I say that you look cute, you look cute and say, yeah, I know. You don't have to say that out loud, but unless you want to. Um, Don't assume that people think the worst of you when they see you. Assume others view you as a baddie. Hella confidence actually isn't um, delusional. Why would people want to be around us if we aren't amazing in that bitch? So if people are wanting to spend time with you, it's real. It's real. Shift your perspective from always thinking negatively to thinking positively. Now, that is a hard one. And for a lot of us, that take that might take therapy um, and a lot of self-work. And so don't beat yourself up if you can't you know, do that automatically. Don't ever call yourself ugly, untalented, or anything negative, public or private. So again, that's working against those negative thoughts, but especially not publicly, girl. You better make people believe you that bitch, even if you don't think it. Change what you don't like. If you can't change, accept that you don't like it and that's okay because insecurities are okay and it doesn't mean that you're not already amazing amazing person. Try and focus more on parts of you that you love instead of parts you hate. Accept compliments, which goes back to taking people's words and actions at face value and be naked. Also, another one I wanted to add to this that has worked for me is wear things, start incorporating things into your wardrobe that you're really self-conscious or shy about wearing, but that you like and wear it around your house. Start there. Because I feel like a lot of my, a lot of these risks that I'm starting to taking with wearing things that I'm not particularly, you know, that I'm all self-conscious about looking too fat in, I would have never been brave enough to take those risks if I weren't already, you know, incorporating into, I'm going to just walk around the house in this. I feel good. I don't have to really worry about other people's gaze. That really helps. Um, but also walk around butt naked, walk by the mirror, examine things. One thing that I'm liking about my naked body, just saying, is that I feel like my 30 plus booty is growing in. So I'm feeling like my booty has gotten bigger and I'm excited. (laughs) That's the best part. (laughs) Um, But I, I really love this list. And honestly, I think that delusional confidence is how we can let go of a lot of unnecessary suffering because we're replacing that idea that we are not enough so we have to do more with the idea that we are already enough so something that I completely agree with and I do agree with you that it is difficult to do especially 
without therapy. I've been in therapy and I was encouraged to do this and it's still hard for me. Um, But to shift from negative thinking to positive thinking, and I think a lot of it is environmental for us because if everyone around us or everything around us is repeating this message that we're not good enough or that we're ugly or that we're this or we're that, it's easy to internalize that and it's very hard to let those things go. But something that I did when I, I was barely out of college for like a year and I had gained about 20 or 25 pounds and You know, I think something people miss from like the weight gains conversation is the grief aspect of it because you lost your body, you lost your favorite clothes, you lost a lot of things associated with that. And so you have to go through a grieving process. And so for me, when I was going through that process, I made a promise to myself that I wasn't going to let my body stop me from living the life I wanted to live. Because in college, I had a flat tummy, but I, in my head, I was like, it's not flat enough, so I can't wear crop tops. Even though I really wanted to wear crop tops and bralettes, I thought they were so cute. But I was just like, my stomach's not flat enough. And then once I had gained the weight, my stomach definitely was not flat. But I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to wear what I want to wear. I'm going to focus on looking good and feeling good. And that advice really has not failed me. Even though there's still times I struggle with how my body looks, I overall, I don't let it stop me from living my life. And a related story to this is I was listening to Nicole Byers' Why Won't You Date Me podcast, and she talked about this story a few years ago where she found out, she, she thought she was Indian, but she found out she's actually West Indian, and her mom, I think it's Bahamian, and she begged her mom to go back to the Bahamas so she can meet her extended family. And her mom was like, oh, when I look good enough to go in a swimsuit, we'll go to the Bahamas. And her mom ended up dying when she was 16 and she never got to meet her extended family because her mom never felt like she was good enough to fit into a swimsuit. And so Nicole said like, that's why she doesn't let her weight stop her. Even though people asked her backhanded questions like, how are you so confident, <laughs> you know, even though you're fat? And she's like, I, I, I know she was like, I don't wake up every day and like, I'm going to hate my body because I'm fat or I'm not going to live my life because I'm fat. Like I just live, I do the things I want to do. Um, And I think we miss so much of life. We miss so much of living because we want everything to be perfect and it won't ever be perfect. This really hit home for me because I often have to get out of my head in that same way, like waiting for my body to change so I could experience X, Y, Z or thinking that I don't deserve certain things until I'm in a smaller body. And then and even daydreaming about things I want and the version of me that I'm picturing is not me right now. It's some smaller, quote unquote, prettier version, which is super toxic, but one thing that has helped me is some of the things that I've been incorporating in that from that thread we talked about a few minutes ago, um, but also buying clothes in the correct size, not, I actually know a lot of people do this, buying, clo- buying the clothes and sizes you hope to be in or that you want to be in. It's not manifestation, girl, it's fat phobia. And then really cute accessories. So Right now, I'm I'm building my material girl wardrobe as we speak. Cute little fanny packs. I love a fanny pack. And I just some really cute, cheap 
pieces because she's on a budget, but <laughs> that are in a, the correct size because I gained weight during the pandemic. I actually went up one size during the pandemic. Um, and I'm really excited about that. And I think that's been helping me to like reimagine whatever version of myself I keep trying to create in my head. Like you can have all that and you can look good and you can believe you look good. And so, yeah, that's what I got for that. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, definitely agree with that. I used to be one of those people who are like affirmations are corny. Um, because that was something I was encouraged to do in therapy to shift from negative to positive thinking was repeat positive affirmations. Um, but something I found is that it helps as I'm doing something um, that makes me feel good. It then helps to say those affirmations. So like you said, when I dress up in my favorite dress and my hair is done, I'll be like, and I have a little perfume on. I'm like, I look good. I smell good. My hair looks good today. I'm looking cute today and it makes me feel better and it makes me believe those things that I'm saying. I'm also one of those people that thought it was a little cheesy, um, but it does actually work and it takes some time. Um, one thing that I used to do that I stopped doing and I think it was not good for me and I hope to get back into it again is like, leave yourself notes. Leave yourself a sticky note in the bathroom saying something kind to yourself around your bedroom, places where you'll just see it randomly. Um, one thing that my friend does is she created like these little alarms where she'll, or notifications basically like an alarm. Well, that sends affirmations to her at particular times of the day. I thought that was such a fantastic idea. Um, I haven't done it yet because... I be already having too many notifications to like remind me to do stuff. So that wouldn't work for me. But I do think that it's a really good strategy to kind of keep, you know, positive affirmations and positive thinking kind of on your radar throughout the day. So I think that's a really good idea, too, because I know some people have notifications on for their apps and then you get all these like negative news stuff. So It'd be nice to help balance that out with some positive things. Um, something else I think that helps with affirmations is sex magic. And I got the idea from Hess Love, who I think they were advertising a, a vibrator. But uh, you can masturbate to your affirmations. You can say things like, I am lovable. I am beautiful. I'm enough. I'm sexy when you masturbate. And it really helps you to believe that because you feel you feel that way. So it helps you believe it. Yes, on that same tip. Oh, I saw that um, when Hess posted about that. I was like, I know that's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's this app called um, Dipsy. I think that's what it's called. Now, there's a subscription, but I do think they have some stuff that is free. But they have some really cool like meditations to get grounded, erotic meditations, erotic breath work, self-touch. So literally someone like walking you through uh, masturbation that isn't like, you know, I'm just trying to get to the get to the the end goal. But like a full experience of you getting to know your body, getting familiar with touching your body. And some of them is not even about masturbation. It's literally just about you showing your body love and touch. 
and then some other breath work relaxing stuff so I recommend that as well to help and I think it could be a confident booster too because we really need to get in we really need to do better about sensual touch like for the self and masturbating is not inherently like sensual touch it is there's masturbating and then there's like having a really sensual erotic experience with yourself that is you know one thing I've always wondered this I'm gonna say it like people say cis het women don't have orgasms and I'm like is that just ever or is that during sex I think it's during sex with men who don't either you know the women being afraid to communicate which is a real thing um or being self-conscious about communicating or men who don't listen and don't care because while it's really important to advocate for yourself it's also really important to like ask questions because sometimes Mm -hmm. people have all kind of trauma wrapped up in that whether they are cishet or not because honestly a lot of these things I'm not even trying to do like, a well, this doesn't count because cis people are privileged, but it's not like an all, all lives matter type of thing. But like, I really, this, this sex conversation, a lot of this stuff like is happening in queer communities too. And like, yeah, it's fun dragging straight men because yeah, they don't really know how to do a lot of stuff. And, and yeah, they're not really <laughs> pleasing a lot of women. Like, <laughs> A lot of people are not able to experience pleasure in the way they deserve because they don't know, they're not in touch with their bodies, and there's not a lot of communication happening. It should be, it's going to be awkward sometimes, and I actually have to work on that too. Um, It's awkward to be in the middle of this thing and someone asks and sometimes like, what do you like? How do you want me to do that? Or telling them because you feel like it's going to kill the vibe, and it's not. You know, consent is sexy and communication <laughs> is sexy, okay? And so, and then once y'all get to know each other it, 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 in each other's bodies, if this is somebody you regularly have sex with, it will become less awkward, you know, because now they know. And also, that's a whole nother episode, actually. Let's keep, let's yeah. put that on the back burner to discuss <laughs> more. <laughs> One more thing I wanted to say, I was gonna say introduce toys, but I don't know if you read that or you listened to that read episode where the woman got the rose toy and her boyfriend was upset about it. <laughs> that pissed me off so bad. Like, grow up. Grow up. Like She deserves what? to have a good time, too. Okay, <laughs> She deserves a new man. <laughs> I have never heard of that in my life. Like, I'm sure it's a thing, but like most... I've been seeing men joking about this and using these little like fucking Dragon Ball Z ass memes talking about when me and her rose link up together. <laughs> it's supposed to be fun. Like why are y'all, y'all are losers. Like go. I can't. It's very childish. It's given. <laughs> I've, been, I've been starting to use musty instead of ashy because I just feel like that's a better term. It's given, it's given very much musty. Okay, that letter actually made me like violently upset. <laughs> like I wanted to break things because I couldn't <laughs> believe it. And she really was like, <laughs> she's really up here gaslighting herself. Like, girl, you need to get get off this keyboard, writing this, t- typing to read, typing to Crystal and Kia Fury because you know what the answer is gonna be. You need to break up with the nigga. Okay. <laughs> 
That's it. <laughs> but yes, I love all that. I love I love all that. Shout out to Hess. And yes, check out that app that I was talking about. I actually, uh, somebody put me on. They said they liked it. So, and it's cool. It's cool. Did you have any final thoughts? <laughs> My final thought is life is already hard. We already do enough suffering. There's no need to pal on more. So go easy on yourself. Rest. Accept help. You are worth the expense. And you're worth good things happening to you. The end. (laughs) And be naked. Okay? (laughs) Go be naked. (laughs) And love on yourself. Yes. All right. If you like this podcast, make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Hoodoo Plants and Instagram at Hoodoo Plant Mamas. Stay tuned for the next episode. Bye. Bye.